Welcome to Adventures Reads. Today's adventure is written by Ikuba and read by Lydia Forsen. The woman who married six and a half men. Chapter 7. Before the Sunset. Some people say that time passes by quickly when you're happy. That must be true because the first nine years of my marriage to Yao are now one happy blur. It was the first time in my life that I felt totally happy and content. You see, I was born a half-orphan. I say that I was born a half-orphan because I never met my mother. She died while giving birth to me, her first child. My father was heartbroken. He loved her so much that he could not bear to live in our village without her. He packed his bags and resettled in Kumasi. I did not see him until several years later. Before my father went to Kumasi, he left me with Aya, his mother. I did not even realize that Aya was not my birth mother until I grew up. This is why I called her Aya, the fancy word for mother. Aya tried to be both mother and father to me. She nourished me with all the love in her heart and indulged me like a mother indulges a child born to her in old age. When I married Yao, he became my mother, my father, and everything. Yao was so understanding. If I pouted and said I needed more chop money to buy smoked fish from the market, he would give me the money without complaining. He was generous to a fault. Not just to me, but to everyone he met. Every child in our village knew that the surest way to get a piece of candy was to show up at Yao or Bing's store, bathe and dress, your forehead shining with shea butter and your teeth gleaming with smiles. Yao was so kind to me. He thanked me every day for giving him wonderful children, Ifwa and Kwanza. Yao appreciated the least thing I did in the house. In the evenings, after he had closed from the store and I had come home from the farm, he would sit down to eat my dinner like it was the best meal he had ever tasted. That's how you know a man loves you, my granddaughter. When he will lick his bowl and fingers clean just because you made the meal. One day, I made a tool, corn dough balls and stew for him and accidentally put too much salt in it. He ate every morsel in his Asanka clay bowl, then looked at me and said, Am I not lucky that the best cook in the world is my wife? On the days that I left the children with Aya, Ya would close the shop early so that he could be home before sunset. He would hold my hand as we walked to the riverside where I often went to watch the sunset when I was a single woman. He would sit on a rock at the riverside and asked me to sit on his laps. Then he would hold me and whisper tenderly to me how much he loved me and how I was the most beautiful woman in the world. He would start from my head and adore every part of my body. He praised my big eyes, my yellow skin, bushy eyebrows, thick hair, curvaceous figure. Then he would tenderly tell me how all those years that I had been walking in front of his store to go to the riverside, he had watched me and promised himself 
that he would make me his wife someday and I would melt a little. The ninth year of our marriage was when Yao began to travel a lot. He traveled to the neighboring towns to sell some of his goods. He planned to set up stores in these towns as well and employ people to run them. He traveled to Cape Coast Port, where he bargained with middlemen to buy goods that had just been imported so that he could resell them in his stores for profit. Yao's store had tripled in size and he had become a rich man. But I was unhappy. I wished that he could be home more often with me and the children. I knew that his job was important since he made enough money to keep us all comfortable. I got pregnant in the ninth year of our marriage and that pregnancy was very difficult unlike my two previous ones. This baby seemed to be so furious. It would wake me up in the middle of the night by kicking me so hard that I could not go back to sleep. I could hardly keep any food down. Yao tried to tempt me with corned beef, sardines, and cookies from his store, but I was not interested. Instead, it appeared that the only food this baby wanted was hot pepper. I craved pepper so much that I would pop dry peppers into my mouth, chewing till my eyes brim with tears and the roof of my mouth burned with hot fire. How I wish Yao was home to rub shea butter on my tummy and massage my back with herbs like he did when I was pregnant with Efua and Kwanza. In my eighth month of pregnancy, I was home when Abensia knocked on my door. My face dropped when I saw him. Abba was the town gossip, and I could neither stand her nor her hooded eyes that resembled a lizard. I would have turned her away, but in fancy custom, it is rude to turn away a visitor. Hi, Abba, I said coldly. Shall I offer you a calabash of water? Uh, yes, please, she said, smiling. No sooner had she sat down than Abba said, Hey, Araba, you are sleeping, oh, but your legs are outside. They are using your knife to cut a snake, and you don't even know. What are you talking about, Abba? Stop speaking in parables, I said. My head has started to throb. Araba, why are you sleeping while your rivals are dancing apatampa in your backyard? Hmm. Open your eyes, oh. I had had enough. Look here, Abba. I don't have any rival. As you know, I'm my husband's only wife. So if you have come here to tell me that you also want him, then good, you can have him. By the way, if you excuse me, I can't sit and chat because I have to cook my husband's dinner. Oh, sorry, oh my dear. I didn't mean to take up your time. Let me be on my way and uh, tell your husband that I say hello when he comes home. I hated the way she sneered when she said husband, but I decided to ignore it as she left my home. That evening, I served Yao Yam and Palava sauce. The children were with Aya. Yao hardly touched his food. It was when he said, thanks for the delicious meal, Araba, that I knew. I knew because Yao never called me Araba. He called me Odoyo, meaning the one I loved to death when we were alone. 
and he called me mommy, mom, when our children were around. And he called me obapa, meaning good woman, when our friends and family were around. But he never called me araba. I knew. I knew. And my heart was breaking. I began to yell. My voice hoarse from the tears streaming down my face. Oh God, Yao. Why did you do this to me? What did I do to make you hate me like this? Yao, was I not good enough? I thought you were different from the other men. I didn't know. I couldn't even speak anymore. So I just bent over and continued sobbing. Yao tried to hold me. His voice tinged with guilt and terror. Araba, Araba, please don't do this. Araba, please take it easy. Please remember your condition. Please, Araba. I was crying so hard that I didn't realize that the pain I was feeling in my abdomen wasn't due to the baby kicking, but it was due to the fact that I had gone into labor. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's adventure. Do not forget to share. Follow us on social media and let us know what you think. We look forward to going on the next adventure with you. <laughs>